are about to hear a life-changing message preached at the Kodesh Family Church in Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay continues teaching on the Davidic principles of success. He teaches through the message, Profiting Through the Lord. As we examine David's life, we learn the principles of success. These include the principles of small beginnings, the principle of doing menial jobs with joy, the principle of turning away from those who despise you, and the principle of choosing what you know. True prosperity and success comes from the Lord. So let us continue to turn to God and listen to his message. Be blessed. Hallelujah. So now we are here to be ready for the most important part of our week. Our day, hallelujah, has come upon us. Amen. I want us to put our hands together for Christ. Amen. And for our one and only true God, put your hands together and rise to your feet as we welcome our very own Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. Come on, come on. I feel the presence of the Lord. Those who know your name put their trust. Look, I love it. There is no other thing. Let the joy of the Lord be described. So sing again. Those who know, those, those, those who know, hey, hey, trust in you. I love it. There is no other. Jarvis, let it go. Hey, 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 your love in a true Now, jump, jump, jump Oh, how I love the name of Jesus How I love Oh, how I love so sweet How I love Oh, how I love the All the old people cannot jump Okay, if you can't jump, then go down Oh, how I love the name of Jesus How I love Up, 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 me up, 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 a church where worship and praise means something because the Lord inhabits the praise of his people and we are not the people of the devil we are the people of the Lord <laughs> so if we hold down praise we hold off his presence Holy Spirit we thank you we welcome you thank you that the anointing breaks the yoke thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ qualifies us for the impact of the Holy Spirit. For before the coming of Christ, no man could gain access to the Holy Spirit. But because of the blood that cleansed us, the spirit that is holy can be in a sinful body because of the cleansing by the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, manifest the blood. Manifest the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. Manifest the work of the cross. Your word says, you are made sin for us who knew no sin, that we may obtain the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. 
Your word says that by your stripes we were healed. Your word says by the anointing every yoke shall be broken. Today we break every yoke and we open ourselves to the inworkings and outworkings and the manifestation and the phanerosis of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We evict every demon, every failing entity, every disease. We curse and cancel it in the name of Jesus. And all the saints that shall believe shall say amen. amen. Give your loudest amen. amen. The louder your amen, the faster your deliverance. In Jesus' name, put your hands together and smile to three people as you sit down. Smile to three people. Amen. You are blessed. Tell somebody you are blessed to be here. Amen. Somebody say, wow. Somebody say, wow. Someone says, I'm blessed. Amen. You know, today I want us to um, take off again from certain principles. You know, the Bible says in 3 John 2, the Lord said, I wish, beloved, the first word is beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. Hallelujah. Third John 2, verse 2. Third John is only one chapter. Okay. So when we say third John 2, it's not third John chapter 2. In case you are searching for chapter 2, you're lost already. You are in the valley of the shadow of death. But don't fear any evil, for God is with you. Amen. All right. So tell somebody, the Lord says, Beloved. You know, so the Lord really loves us. And when he uses such words as beloved, you see, it is trying to give you something that tells you that it's an endearment. I'm not doing it for a charge. I'm doing it because I love you. Beloved. Beloved is another word for beloved. In other words, it's a statement that makes, that announces that in case you don't feel loved, I'm telling you, be loved. You know? That's why the Lord uses that. Be loved. Because there are some people, they cannot receive love. You know there are people like that. I mean, you are married and you are in the house, and they say, I love you. They say, what about your old girlfriend? You are the one in the bed. Just be relaxed. You are the one in the house. You are the one with the ring. You are the one with the home. You are the one with the man. Amen. Yeah, I tell you, I love you. Say, what do you want? What are you saying? That's insecurity at its maximum. I love you. Say, what do you want? I love you. Say, are you sure? I love you. Say, define love. No, I won't define any love. I love you. Just be loved. Somebody tell someone, just be loved. Just be loved. A song says, could this be love? Yes, it is love. And I'll be, what's that got to do with this? What do you mean? It's got to do with love. God loves you. That's why he sent. He's even died for you. You still refuse to accept the love. Some people are difficult to love. Oh, yeah. Tell somebody, be loved. Be loved. Don't even say beloved. Beloved means like a name. Be loved. It's an instruction. And if you are a Christian, then obey. Tell somebody, God says beloved. God says Mm. Beloved, because I wish above all things, all things. above your sin, mm. 
above your clothes, above your situation, above even your thinking, your emotions. Sometimes you don't feel loved. But I wish above all your emotions, all things, things, that you may prosper Mm. and be in health Mm -hmm. even as your soul prospereth. Mm -hmm. I've seen people who were prosperous. One person was dying. He said, Doc, please help me if I die to be a big bother. Because I have a lot of projects, a lot of money to invest. What's the use of prosperity with sickness? God says his is comprehensive. When God says you experience my love, it comes with prosperity. It comes with good health. But above all things, especially as your soul prospers, that means that spiritually you are also prospering. Some of us, we like the money and the food and the things that the Lord brings, but we don't want the spirituality that he brings. Yes, the Lord, give me, but I don't want to spend time praying or fasting. I don't want to be the kind that reads the Bible. I don't want to, what has this got to do with church? Yeah, if you want to prosper and be prosper, don't come to church to announce to me, well, I have news for you. The Lord says that is not how things work. Isaiah chapter number 48 from verse number 12. In fact, verse number from verse 17. Let me read that. Isaiah chapter 48 verse number 17. Then I read from verse 12 and you see what the Lord is saying. It says, thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God which teaches you to prosper, to profit. Prosperity is something God teaches people to do. Amen. So if you hate your Bible, you hate his teachings on prosperity. It's the truth. I have learned how to prosper. How to prosper as a husband. How to prosper as a pastor. How to prosper as a friend. How to prosper as an employee. How to prosper as an employer. How to prosper as a fine, nice, handsome husband of this beautiful girl. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Prosperity is the teaching of the Lord. God wants to teach you to prosper. So take your notebooks, take your pens, take your right attitude, bring your heart into it because God is about to teach you. Ever since I went to medical school and I was taught It was not a lie. I have actually become a doctor. Can you imagine a medical school that I knew not? I didn't even choose it. I was forced to go to it because those days it was only one medical school. And there were 55 people that had passed and I happened to be one of them in where I live. You know, well, two of them, but one of them I didn't like. (laughs) So we don't count. (laughs) You know? So I went in without any trust. And truly, when they taught me, I became a doctor. If they, without any credentials that I knew about, could honor their word, when the Lord says that he can teach you to prosper, you better believe it. And you better become a student. I stayed in that school for six years and the result is history. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord says, I am your redeemer. First of all, I've redeemed you. I've given you the new birth. I'm the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God. 
who teaches you to profit? That word profit is the word prosper. Who leads you in the way that you should go? Yeah. It's a teaching. When you start from verse 12, it says a whole story about how he does it. But I'm not going to go into that. When you go read the whole passage, it's beautiful. But I loved this. I loved this. When I joined the church, I had no inkling how to prosper. I didn't have any principles. Yeah, I didn't have any principles at all. And I was just following the examples that I had in front of me. I remember that when I was doing well at school and they asked me, what do I want to do? I said, I want to be a teacher. Because the people I knew, they were typewriter typists. My mother was a typist. My father sold drinks. So I started by selling ice water. And then my friend upgraded me to selling newspapers. He gave me tips and said, if I could stop school, he would teach me how to prosper in selling newspapers. Those were my standards. Yeah. Those were my standards. Until I was taught by the scriptures. When I was just passing my exam and I entered the church, I was taught about the fact that, you know, there is, there is something like prosperity. There is something like knowledge, you know. You know I mean, that, that, there's something like wisdom. It says in all, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all thy gettings, get understanding. Wow. And he says that he has riches in his right hand and he has long life on the other. I said, wow. So when I increase in wisdom, I increase in knowledge, I go to school, I will have riches on my right. I will have um, uh, uh, um, long life here. I will have all the good things. I said, my goodness, these are tidbits and nuggets that I had. I, I, I would have missed it in my newspaper days. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to the school of profiting by the Lord. Amen. And for the Lord Jesus. Amen. So the first, first thing is to introduce you to somebody who went through that school and became something. For that person to speak to you. And that person became the headmaster. He is the person whose character we are studying. Therefore, the things that the Lord taught him that he did, we can learn from it. Yeah. Sometimes all you need to do is to look at somebody to study the school of that person. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. The Bible says that, don't be lazy, be not slothful, but be ye followers of those who through faith and patience, they inherit the promises. In other words, you can go to school, but if you are lazy, you will still not amount to anything. So don't be lazy, but be followers. Write it down. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Write it down. <laughs> Be followers. Follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. One of such people is our man David. David the beloved. Yes. You know, remember the Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things. So David was the beloved. He must be telling the truth. So David chapter 29 verse 28. First Chronicle, sorry. <laughs> chapter 29 verse 28. First Chronicles, Bible says David had a long and eventful, I mean, David, first of all, and David died in a good 
old age. Full of days. Full of riches. Full of honor. And full of legacy because his son Solomon reigned in his stead. That sounds like prosperity. I mean, um, um, what's the word? Prosperity. Yeah, it's somebody who's, who's um, um, complex, not complex, but comprehensive prosperity. He prospered in age. And he died not in a raggedy old age, good old age. Mama, come. Mommy, come. Mommy, come. Come, 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 come. Mommy, come. Mama, come. Good old age. You know this girl here? This girl. I said girl. Because look at her. Mama, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 88 years. Ah, clap for the Lord Jesus. Let's walk. You know? I've told her one of these days, I'm going to find her beloved and we'll have a wedding for her. Good old age. Good old prosperity includes not, not just age, but good old age. She's here, she's coming to church, she's here with her daughter. I mean, she, her teeth are in, her eyes read, she has nice taste. Look at how she's dressed. Look at the gold and the jewelry. May your life be like that. It's called the good old age. Not, you will never be in a, in a nursing home in Jesus' name. That is part of your prosperity. Yeah. You will not lose your teeth that you have to lick on meat in Jesus' name. Meat is meant to be chewed. How can you become a baby again? We need to give you breast milk again. No, 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 no. Good old age. She can walk. She doesn't have any crutches or anything. May you experience good old age in Jesus' name. Mama, may the Lord satisfy you with long life. That's what God told David. He said, because he set his love upon me, I will satisfy him with long life. With long life will I satisfy him. There's some long life that does not satisfy. I don't want to be part of that. I live long and I'm not satisfied. Stroked. When I was coming from Korea over the weekend, I, 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 we were in the plane and somebody, they said, is there any medical doctor? I was sleeping quietly because I was tired. He said, medical doctor. I went, somebody was sitting down, room 69. He said, it's dead. I said, it's not dead. I examined everything, stroke. Stroke on the plane. Our plane was coming to Atlanta. We had to be diverted to Seattle before. When I told them, he said, we talked to the people on the ground and everything. They had to divert the plane and take her. Stroke, cannot move anymore. Just dragging like that. On a plane. Yeah, on the plane, you've gone to Korea, you've done everything, but stroke. May the Lord deliver us from that in Jesus' name. Well, it's not North Korea, it's South Korea, so I didn't go to any dangerous place. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you are praying as a beloved, David, God said, with long life will I satisfy him. Yeah. Psalm 91. One, that was one of the last verses. Yeah. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I will save him from trouble. I will save him from disaster. I will save him from accident. Listen, our mama here, that day, I remember the last time I was leaving, I said, long life will he satisfy him and show him his salvation. 
When they moved from here, they were involved in a tragic accident. Three cars hit them. One, two, and they hit. The car is gone. But the human beings remain saved. Clap for the Lord Jesus. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is salvation. Salvation is not only being saved from sin. Saved from death. Saved from accidents. Saved from airbags are of the Lord. Amen. So that's David, prosperity. With long life will I satisfy. He said that I will, he, he, David died in a good old age. Let me tell you one of the things happened when David was dying. That made them realize David was dead. When David was dying, you know what, how they tested, you know, they didn't, they didn't use light or anything. They just did, brought what David liked. They brought a lady, young lady, called Abishag. 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 Say, a fair lady, a virgin, young woman, and they said, give her to the king. Because the king likes nice things. At so many years old age, this man was still alive everywhere. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. That was the last time when he said no, then they realized this man is going to die tomorrow, and that was it. That's how they diagnosed his death. Till the last day, Abishaks were okay. Was well in the upper region, medium region, central region, every region. May you be well throughout your life as part of God's prosperity. Wow. Yes. And full of days, full of riches. You know, recently I told some people, you like saving for your children too much. Don't worry about those children. And said, why? I said, those children, God will take care of them. Some of you, the houses you are building for your children, That's they will not even like to live where you are saying. That's God will build a house. Wow. Did you inherit anything from your parents? Uh-uh. Why are you struggling? <laughs> Enjoy. God will make in your old age, you will not be poor in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it just doesn't come by prayer. Because some Christians like praying and not and being lazy. Foolishness is what that is. Prayer plus laziness equals foolishness. Just stop praying. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, full of days, full of riches, full of honor. You can have riches, but nobody respects you. But you'll be respected. You will be appreciated. You know, you'll be honored. It means full of honor. You see. Mama could have been old, good old age, rich, but not honored. But she's honored. We like her. We respect. We call her grandma. Her daughter is here. Their grandchildren are all around her. And they love her. Their children, her children, they are even running. I want to take care of her. No, no. I want to take care of her. That's honor. That's appreciable value. Not that you're old, you're this, you're rich, but nobody wants to be with you. Yes. And the Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. You know what that means? It means his seed was blessed. His legacy was also respected. It means he was not a man in repute. Not only did he do well, but he left people that your children will do well. Amen. They will reign after you. Amen. They will, your lifetime will not be good enough for the goodies that God will have for you. How do these things come about? The Lord says he will teach you how to do it. 
Now let's go to the school. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. First grade, chapter one. Okay. Yeah. We need it. That is. Yeah. <laughs> First principle. The principle of small beginnings. Okay. The principle of small beginnings. Principle called. Many of us don't like small beginnings. Anytime you want to start big, you are dying. Because it's only the grave that starts from the top down. Everything that is alive, for it to do well, it starts from down. And actually, the sun that is doing well is creeping up. So anybody who doesn't want to start small, you are not ready for prosperity. You are not ready for blessing. Yeah. I know I'm a very tall person, but I started short. <laughs> Clap for the Lord Jesus, even if you don't believe I'm tall. Hey, Kuban, hey, Kuban, be very careful. You've come to sit here with your height and... <laughs> You're intimidating me <laughs> with my nice height. Amen. Now, now listen carefully. The Bible says that David, eh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, this man was a man of meekness, humility. He started small. Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, And Eliab, David's eldest brother, heard when David spake unto the men, mm -hmm. and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why did you come down hither? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You know, this guy had been sent, David had been sent you know, to the by the father that go and give some bread and some food to your brothers who are fighting for Israel. And Goliath was the aggressor. And David went and went. And then the brothers, he was asking, what's going on here and all that? And the brothers said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Who did you leave those few sheep? The brothers knew that David was associated with small things. And he didn't mind. David had actually given those sheep for the custody of a caretaker. Although they were small, he valued them. Some of us don't value small beginnings. Even in currency, some of you don't value change. Yeah. In my house, my car, everything that is small, humble beginnings, I've, I drive my car till the car dies. But you, you want to change car every time. That's why you, you look like you are not blessed, but you are blessed. You don't respect small things. Some of us, when we are made, you have a certain education. And therefore, you don't want a job until you get an office. No, it doesn't start. Step into the job. Get a job that puts you in the system first. That's it. That's right. Amen. If you don't have that mindset, you'll never do well. Some of us want to be rich, but we don't want to be taught. That humility of being taught small is not. One day I told somebody who wanted to be a business owner. Yeah, I want to be a business owner. And I said, stop it. Stop it. Go and serve and even learn how to be a boss by your boss's bad strategy since you are complaining about your boss. You just started work two weeks and you quit. Oh, the pay is too small. You like the, the zero pay to the small pay. You prefer the zero pay. The people quit like that. They are not used to the humidity of small beginnings. That's why they will never. There is no ladder that you jump. You don't have wings. God didn't make us that way. 
we don't fly. We climb. You know, we don't even climb. We, we start by crawling. Before you walk. And there are few falls. Yeah. You don't want to be a church member, but you want to be a pastor. You don't want to be a good shepherd, but you want to be a pastor. You're joking. You don't want to be instructor, but you want to instruct. You don't do well that way. Yeah, when I came to Memphis, and I wanted to believe God to build this church, I started with small beginnings. Bible says in Job chapter 8 and verse 7, Though thy beginnings be small, yet your latter end should, the word is should, greatly increase. Not just increase, but greatly increase. It only starts, the starting point for great increase is small beginnings. Clap for the Lord Jesus. It's never middle beginnings. I started. When I came here, I remember the first day we came, I got up from my car. And I knelt down and put my, my face on the ground. And I said, Lord, make the hard ground soft. And I remember we got home and I told my wife, tomorrow we are fasting for 21 days. My wife asked me, did you hear from the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> We've driven 23 hours from New York. We are tired. We have three children. We haven't eaten dinner. And you are talking about no food for tomorrow. She asked me, did I hear? I should go and ask the Lord again. <laughs> I went and asked the Lord again. I told him, the Lord says the same thing. <laughs> and truly, she agreed. We started fasting 21 days from that day. No member. I remember going and then we using our room. Small beginning. It was just, we had only one office chair we brought from New York. And our children's toy boxes. The children would sit on the toy boxes. My wife would sit on the, the, the office chair and I would do the preaching. When I, she's doing praise and worship, I would sit there and then she would come and do. That was the family in the living room. Our first member, I think, is still here, Casey. We saw her when we had a little problem at the, at the airport. And then she was telling us, oh, oh, no, they are not trying to. They were touching us. I mean, we were, what is this? I said, because we are black, you know how we feel. Is it because I have an accent? Is it because I have She helped me saying that she pulled my sex. I said, it's nothing of that. It's a random check. And she said, by the way, where is your accent from? I said, from Ghana. And he told me, I have a boyfriend that also comes from that region. I said, oh, madam, thank you. So then we exchanged numbers. And I said, let me speak to that boyfriend. A little girl, at that time, she hadn't even finished school, was my first church member. And I Thank God for a church. I told her, please, we're starting a church. The church is made up of three children, one beautiful wife, and a very handsome pastor. Yours truly. And my sister. She said, yes, I will come. When she came, she found out that the place was not a church building. It was an apartment. She had to knock. She had to press. She was wondering, is this girl guy going to kill me? She came. I could see that she didn't know what was going on. But she brought this boyfriend who also seemed to be looking at me with questions. I didn't care the least. My eye was focused. I had seen Bellevue Church. I had seen um, what? Life Church. I had seen all these big. But I was determined that big as they are, 
I can start with one person. Here we are today. Look what the Lord has done. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Every great journey starts with a step. I started first grade. I probably failed my first couple of exams. But look where the Lord has brought me. Yeah. When I started, I remember when I was in New York. New York. My salary was 1500 for everybody. 1500 What was I supposed to do? What you going to do? But I was okay. But I was, that was gross. That was gross income. You are looking at me. Today you see my jacket and you say, Pastor, how much do you sell this jacket? I'm not going to tell you. But it's not cheap by the grace of God. But it started with 1500 You, they give you a salary gross of 1000 You say, no, I would rather sit. But you've been searching for 17 months. That's why you're not doing well. Clap for Jesus. God is taking you through the school of prosperity. Learn to be humble. Bible says, God resists the proud but grants grace to the humble. Do you know what grace means? Undeserved favor. It's not everything you should expect rewards before. Sometimes it's grace you are buying by your humility, not even income. When the final income comes, you realize that this thing is more than what I deserve. There's something called grace. Grace only comes for the humble. And David had humility. Few sheep. God looked at David. This man respects few sheep. When I give him my sheep, he will take care of them. A bear came, he fought them. A lion came, he fought them. Therefore, if I can let him overcome Goliath and I give him the whole of Israel, because he's humble with a few sheep, I can trust him with many. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Is that little girl that you are saying is going to be the first lady of the United States if you can take good care of that little girl? You, a little bad president, and you are aborting. What do you mean? You don't respect babies at that early age. You're going to commit abortion. If you are not ready to have a baby, stop having sex. Nonsense. I'm not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm not that person. It's not you. So don't get angry yet. Yeah. Then be humble until you are ready. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, number one, first grade, principle of small beginnings. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter, chapter 4, 4, verse 10, he said, the second part says, Who has despised the days of small things? Many people despise the days of small things. You don't take your schooling seriously because it's small things. You're waiting for the day that you will earn big money. No, it doesn't start like that. You're waiting for the day that you work with your profession. No, no, no. You win the lottery before? No. Start. You build character with humility. You build character. You know the reason why we start small? There's called something called momentum. You have to build momentum. Otherwise, you destroy your engine. You have to start slowly. Otherwise, when you get there, the engine, if you start to woo, you will not get anywhere. You will break the engine. So there's something called build that momentum. Then you can carry on and be stable. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Somebody is prospering as I speak. Somebody is about to prosper. Somebody who didn't understand this principle is about to use this principle to do well. Sometimes, smallness is to accept correction. 
That's how your small beginnings. Yesterday I read a scripture. It said God wants to put you on a pedestal. But because you have not accepted rebuke and correction, you'll never get there. Yeah. I was shocked. And he said, rather, you hear your teachers from behind saying this is the way, walking in it. When you go to the left and you go to the right, you will hear it. But because you refuse, the Lord is only waiting for your response. Some people immediately rebuke them. That's the day they leave that job. Hey. Immediately they are corrected. What is correction? Correction is supposed to make you better. If you only can understand that way. Number two. We can end here and you will prosper. Hallelujah. Number two. Principle number one is what? Principle of small beginnings. Principle number two. So success, we don't rush. Somebody told me that haste makes waste. Don't rush success. Don't, let me tell you a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. I believe it's verse 7. He says that inheritance without wisdom is not good. In other words, if you, don't, you are not developed gradually and they give you something big, you won't do well. You'll tear it down. You'll waste it. Anyway, point number two. Point number two. Is that point number two? Yes. The principle of doing menial jobs with joy. Menial jobs with joy. Not with grumbling. Not with complaining. Hallelujah. Thank you. Menial. It's expensive, so watch him, watch him. Do you know this guy well? Please keep watching him because... Where you sit behind? Says <laughs> so, <That's> all. <laughs> the principle. The Bible says in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse twenty-one. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved David greatly, and he became Saul's armor bearer, doing menial jobs with joy. This guy had been anointed by Samuel as king of Israel. He's king already by God's standards. He has killed Goliath. He hasn't become king. Nobody knows. He was anointed in his own house. God had established him. But he was ready to be an armor bearer for a king who was possessed with demons. Doing menial jobs with joy. Are you happy to do that cleaning job? You know, when I finished medical school and then I came to the United States, I was on what you call an exchange visa. Now, I didn't have citizenship. One of the conditions for having citizenship was when you finish school, instead of you can either go and do some hefty exams and get a certain kind of visa that makes you now you can look for any job that you want but it sets you back you have to pay a lot of money another way was go and served go to a, what we call the underserved area nobody sees you you're in the villages you're in the country far you serve for three years they don't pay you as much but after that no sweat you are a citizen Many of my friends didn't take it. They struggled. No. I mean, this, I don't want to live in a village. I don't want to live in the country. I don't. 
No problem. They stayed. I finished those three years. Some of them still didn't have jobs. Now, guess what? When I accepted that and I went to the place, when I went to the place out of humility, then after a few one, two, three jobs, the boss of the place said, ah, the way you work with joy, I would rather have you in my center in the city and I will send nurse practitioners to take care of your office because the kind of attitude you have, doing menial jobs with joy, I'd rather have you to man my biggest company. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how I ended up in Memphis. I was supposed to be in Bolivar, Somerville. You never knew this. But I did menial jobs with John. That's how I met Casey. Because because of that, my papers came how long? Took a couple of years. It's less than the three years. Boss did everything possible. Because this kind of attitude where you do menial jobs with joy. It is that thing that Bible says, if, 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 if you are faithful with little, God will entrust you with much. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Menial jobs with joy. Luke chapter 16 from verse 10. Watch this. Okay. Change your attitude. Thank you. Those little girls, you don't want to cook in the house. Yeah. Some of you church members, you don't want to dance on stage. Menial jobs is nothing. Be an usher in the church. You're a big man. It's not a problem. God is looking for David's to bless. It's a teaching process. Menial job. Luke 16 verse 10. He that is faithful with that which is least is faithful also in much. Many of you your attitude at your workplaces is what is keeping you stagnant and not promoted. Because you are full of entitlement. Instead of being full of gratitude and gladness, do God loves a cheerful giver. Do that job with a smile. After all, you are going to do it. You've come to work. Why that morose, contorted, um, 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 melancholic face as if they've uh, baptized you in lemon juice? That's right. Smile, stretch, oh, it was starch, starch. Yes. Tell someone, smile as you do it. Smile. Oh, yeah. Look, I smiled through that job within months. I was back in the city. And I since been in the city. The government doesn't even know this. They released my whatever far long earlier than other people were still trying. Do menial jobs with joy. With joy. Clap for the Lord Jesus. I said the Lord is taking you through the school of prosperity. Hallelujah. It's not the prosperity. That says receive it, receive it. I that receive is fake. Yeah. Yes. Receive what? Receive what? Receive what? Receive with your lazy attitude. Eh? Receive with your ingratitude. It's not going to end you anywhere. When I tell you the truth, take it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Receive with a smile. Take away the pride. Do menial jobs with joy. Let me tell you, you want to be a boss. The next verse says, next verse, next verse. 
Uh -huh. He that is uh -huh. therefore, if you have been faithful than righteous man, who will commit who if you have not been faithful than righteous, who will commit you to true riches? You know, sometimes when you go, they give you a small amount. It's a test. Your attitude. Or maybe God expects you to pay tithes. He's seeing whether he can trust you with unrighteous money so that he'll give you true riches. That is called the blessings of the Lord. You feel. Then the next verse. If you have not been faithful of that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Some of you are here. Is it this person? It's this church. You come to church anytime. You won't join any ministry. You won't help in any way. How can the angels help you? The choir has been moved from Saturday to Sunday with your nice voice. You are still singing in only your bathroom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and your husband too is not looking for songs. He's looking for food. Do menial jobs with joy. David came. says, I'll be the armor bearer. You are carry your armor. David said, I'll play harp for you. I know you are demon infested, but I'll play for you to become menial jobs. A man that can kill Goliath. A man with those credentials. The lady sang. The lady sang. Saul has killed his thousand. David is ten thousands. The pastors acknowledged him. When he went, he was looking for a, 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 a sword. At the priest of Nob, they gave, said, Goliath's sword, sword, sword is here. If there's anybody we can entrust with this sword, it's you. Take it. There was food. Unleavened bread. They said, look, we don't have bread. You're hungry. You know, we know your credentials. You deserve it. Take it. The priest gave him. That's his, his, those were his um, credentials. But yet, yet, some of you need to hide your accolades and your high-minded attitudes. It's only helping you to come down. Yeah. One lady told her husband, you only bring 2% to this marriage. I said, really? Really? Tell the husband, leave. Just leave for three months and let her see that 2% is not 2%. That his calculation is wrong. It was just a matter of time. Realize that thing was not 2%. Even if it's 2%, it's vital. Yeah. Yeah. You're too proud. Not you, but the person who behaves that way. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Do something. The next one, the principle of turning away from those who despise you. There are some people you need to just turn away from. It's not pride, but they despise you. You won't do well under such people. Stop chatting and focus. Uh, I said, how many points? Three points. You're right. <laughs> this is the son of my first church member, Caden. Clap for the Lord Jesus. It's been, we've been at this for years. You don't think this church just came. You're here and then, they, oh, wow, wow, wow. No. 
we've been at it for a while. You can't just come and say your little ideas. You say they are not organizing well. You know how to organize. Keep organizing. Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> the principle of turning away from those who despise you. Bible says Eliab's anger was kindled at David in 1 Samuel 17, 28 to 30. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the naughtiness of your heart. For you have come down and you that so that you can see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there no cause? The Bible says, and he turned away and went towards another. There are some people, their words are abusive. Yeah. I've seen battered women that when I told you, look, you need to seek solace, otherwise you'll die. Then they told me, if I go, I will, nobody will love me. I said, how do you know this? He's been telling me. Really? I go where I am celebrated, not where I am tolerated. And abused. Yeah, and abused. Wow. Oh, yeah. It, has, it doesn't matter. So long as they don't despise you, you will do well. They will give you a chance. They despise you, it's not going to work. Yeah. The Bible says, Iron sharpeneth iron. Proverbs 27, verse 17. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. I was about, when I was about to marry, I saw a very bombastic girl. I don't know the meaning of the word, so in case you check and it's wrong, forgive me. But it was, I felt that that fits the way the girl is. Look, when I wrapped this girl, I wrapped this girl, I wrapped this girl, I thought things were working. I will teach the girl. In a medical school, I will teach. I will teach. The, the girl's mother was, parents were gynecologists. My parents were beer bar, beer sellers, alcohol, and typees. Look, she finished everything. We finished medical school or something or, or whatever the grade was. And I told the girl one time, so what's the plan? What's the future? She wrote a letter to me I'll never forget. She told me, so when my parents ask me, who is this guy who wants to marry you? Where does he come from? Who are his parents? How do you think they will feel if I tell them your parents sell beer? That was the last time I looked there. I turned away. She despised me. Such a night. Today, she would like to marry me. Today, when she comes, she will say yes before I say how. Today, when she sees me, I will approach. said, oh, I want to tell you my answer. For I said, no, it's too late. It's too late. I turned away. And look what the Lord has done. Ah. If only you can see despisement and turn away, you see that the Lord had options. 
David turned away. And the other people told him, well, the king says, anybody who kills this Goliath, first of all, the king will give his daughter for the person. The king will put his ring on his finger and the king will rope him with some, some, some great things, some amount of money. Parents will be free of all taxes from that time on. So, that sounds good. That's motivating. My own brothers only told me, get out of here. What are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. Get out of here. Sometimes the closest people are the most despiseful people. Yeah. That's why Jesus Christ left Mark chapter 6. From verse 1. The Bible says he went to his own and his own received him not. The Bible says Mark chapter 6 from verse And Jesus went down from thence and came to his own country. His disciples followed him. Verse 2. Watch this. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? What wisdom is this that has been given to him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Great man of God. Watch this, verse 3. Verse 3. Is not this, then they started, is he not a carpenter? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? Look at that. It's quoting the background. And Joseph and Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us and they were offended in him this is what pastors suffer even here some of you despise me yeah hey. if I sell you tomorrow that a visiting minister is coming anointed and is going to pour oil on you you see how the church will be filled early despise us then verse 4 but Jesus said unto them a prophet is with, not without honor, except in his own country. Yes, yeah, your own country that they despise you. It's your own people that despise you. Some of you, even if I call, you don't pick up. You see the call. Oh, pastor, is there, there he goes again. He's always calling. There are churches, the pastor doesn't even know the people. And you, I call you, you are doing. Somebody, will, somebody better will pick. Somebody who's not like your attitude. Your friend, that's right. That's it's right. true. Amen. I have to turn with from you and then call somebody else who will receive the blessing. Mm. You even call back. But Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, but is no country and among his own kin and his own house in his own church. When I go and preach somewhere, I went to New York. Before I got there, they had gathered. I said, wow. But I organized the same meeting yesterday. My people didn't come. Despises! It's true. That is why the anointing on a man of God doesn't work usually in his own church. David had to turn away. David had to turn away to see that, ah, there's something great. And truly, when he turned away, the people encouraged him, motivated him, and that's how he killed his Goliath. It was in his destiny to kill Goliath. Sometimes in your destiny to do some great things. If you close your eyes in my service again, you will not sit here. Okay? I'm telling you. That's right. Clap for Jesus. It's a sign of despising. No, it's true. And I tell you, David became the David. And the ladies appreciated. David has killed his 10,000. Saul has killed his 1,000. David is 10,000. 
I don't know where you are despised, but sometimes you need to turn away and try something else. If you are married, that's not what I'm talking about. Stop it. God hates divorce. Stop it. Stop it. One day I preached a message like this. Somebody said, ah, for the first time I've got the confidence to divorce my husband. I said, you got the wrong message. You got the wrong message. I didn't preach that message. Let me put that, uh, the, what's, what's, it, what's it called? The caveat. The caveat let me put a ca- Thank you for that word. It's a caveat. <laughs> let me tell, should I tell you one more principle? Yes. One more? Yes. Two, more. Two more. Two more? Three more. Which one, which one do you want? The Three first more. or the second? Give us all of them. The principle of choosing and staying with what you have, have tested. What you are used to. What you have tested. Okay. Stick with what you are used to. First Samuel 17, 38 to 40. The Bible says, with this, you know, um, you know Paul, I mean, um, 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 David was asked to, he's going to war. And then Saul gave him his armor and all these things, dressed him. And then David said, you know, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him, and he took his staff and his hand and chose five smooth stones, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine, and he smote Goliath with a you see now you have to be using what you're used to you know he wore this I have not proved this he has killed the lion and the bear he has killed many such and with a sling and with the stones he said I'm going to stick with that some of us who for example are looking for people to marry. And then the newest person that comes to church is the person you follow. But the person that has been cleaning the church all these years, you cannot. But you want Mr. James Bond who just came in. Oh, seven, secret service agent. You don't know him. Because you are looking for a hairy chest. Then I'll give you a goat. A guy has come who is having a job and you are saying that he doesn't know how to dress up or he doesn't know how to be romantic. You want romance? Romance can be learned, but character, you can't learn it. Yeah, you can't learn it. You can't learn it. That's how people prosper. That's how people prosper. That's how it's been tested. I am not going to just call somebody who is new and make him my assistant. That's dangerous. Me, my assistants are the people I've been with for years. You have to prove yourself. I'll test you with rebuke and see how you survive it. Intentionally. You have to test people. Bible says, test all the spirits to see whether they have God. 
Test spirits. Test them. I'll test you. I'll just let you wait. Wait for me. Come early. Try this. Do this. And let's, let me see your attitude. It's true. My wife, she had been with me in medical council for six years. All happy. So, when I proposed, of course. <laughs> of course. She said, this I know. Someone said, this I know. This I know. This I know. Yeah. Of course, she said yes so quickly, I was even dizzy. That's my story. She's here. She's when she here. comes here, she'll tell she's her story. Here. Don't she's ask here. her her version because she won't tell you the same thing. <laughs> In a job, you've been with your boss for a while. Unless you have proven that it's bad. If it's bad, despise it, of course. But you don't take on a new job. Or you don't give up an old job when you don't have a new job. It's foolishness. It's caused many, many, many problems. And people have blamed God. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 19. Is that correct? In verse 3. You'll be shocked. I will end with this. The foolishness of a man twists his way and his heart frets against the Lord. Give me a new living translation. God is saying that I'm going to teach. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they are angry at the Lord. I'm showing you all these ways. And if we are humble, we will assess our ways. It wasn't God. God is rather trying to help you by pointing these things out. People ruin their... Give me a message. Message Bible or, the, or New Living Translation. Aha, people ruin their lives by their own oh, stupidity. Yes. So why does God always get blamed? It doesn't mean you're stupid. I said people, not you. Do you get the point? In other words... God is saying, I have been foolish. I'm telling you honestly. When I learned these things, the way I was, for example, treating my wife in the first seven years of my life was such a foolish thing. And I was always praying about it. Why am I not happy? Why am I not happy? Why am I not happy? Until a man of God came into my house and taught me that, look, a woman is the weaker vessel. Deal with your woman, wife, according to knowledge. I had been used to boys too much. I was treating her like a boy. The, woman, the man taught me a few scriptures about how to love my wife. She told me something. Love, learn her love language. And he told me two things. He said, when things happen, ask, where did I, what did I contribute to bring this problem? And what can I do to make it better? And showed me a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 13. He said, it's called the key of acceptance. Exodus 7.13. Take a good look at God's work. Uh -huh. Give me King James. He says, consider the works of God. How that you cannot make straight what the Lord has made crooked. In other words, learn to accommodate and accept your wife for who she is. When I learned those principles, my goodness, it was like night and day in my house. Quarrels became shouts of joy. Clap for the Lord Jesus.
when they pinch me, I don't feel pain. I just giggle. Ah, stop it. I like it. Stop it. I like it. Do what you're stopping. Do what you're stopping. Not stop what you're doing. Clap for the Lord Jesus. All because I learned to come out of my foolishness. Because the Lord taught me where I was blaming him. Not knowing it was my own foolishness. So the Bible says, why do people ruin their lives by their own foolishness or stupidity and turn around and blame God? Today, let's turn to God, not turn away from God and blame him. Let's take this principle. I have 12 or 13 or 14 of these principles. This is just principle number four. Ladies and gentlemen, till we come your way again next week at the same venue, this is your usual host, Reverend Kojo Ollis Lindsay, signing off. Put your hands together, rise to your feet. What a word. Thank you, Lord. What a church. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I will not be stupid. I will turn to you. Tell the Lord, I'm enrolling in your school of prosperity. I like this semester. I will not be a school dropout. Turn to somebody and say, I'm not praying for you. I'm asking you next week, be here. Next week, be here. Next week, be here by the grace of God. Next week, God willing, I am... Tell the person, if you don't come here, a school dropout. And tell the person, don't just come alone. It's a good school. Bring somebody to enroll in this school. Now, now put your hat on your hat on your hand. I mean your hand. Your, is that correct? Your, <laughs> put your hat in your hand. Put your, put your hand on your hand. Put your hand on, on your hat. And just pray to the Lord. Lord, my heart is ready. Lord, my heart is ready. Bless this heart with humility. Help me with my small beginnings. Help me to do menial jobs with joy. Help me to turn away from despises. And what's the last one? Help me to choose things that have been trusted, proven, like the Bible like the Bible principles. Some of you, when you want counseling, you go to an internet pastor. Instead of this nice gentleman here, God has anointed specifically for you. Look at you. When you have an issue, you will go to a psychologist. When God has nicely anointed a man of God and a woman of God, shepherds for you. Very strange behavior. But that explains why things sometimes go the way they are. But God is restoring you. God is calling you beloved. You are beloved. He says, beloved, start being loved. I'm about to prosper you. Apply these principles. And he said, I will teach you. I'm the Lord who teaches you to prosper. He will teach you. You watch it. Over the next couple of weeks, as you apply these principles, your life, your future will be such a blessing. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray, pray, pray for one minute, please. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. I pray. Even where we have gone wrong, 
Your word says, even if we make our bed in hell, you are there. The prodigal son made all the mistakes, but when he came to his senses, you embraced him and you gave him another chance. Some of us have seen our mistakes. Give us another chance. Give us another chance. Give us several chances, Lord, because we are willing to make amends, to apply these principles of this semester in your church school biblical school now if you're here you don't know Jesus as your personal savior you want to give your life to Jesus you want to surrender to the Lord you want to say Lord take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee take my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless rain. You want to give your life to Jesus? Just lift up your right hand. I'll pray a short prayer with you. You are here. You want to give your life to Jesus. It's just a short prayer. I'll pray with you wherever you're standing. Just lift up that right hand. You want to give your life to Jesus wherever you are. Thank you, Father. You are on Zoom. You want to say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus. I love your teaching. I want the blood of the cleansing. Please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died for me. God raised him from the dead. By this confession of faith, I am born again. I am a child of God. Please write my name in the book of life and fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Wow. Weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on Zoom at meeting ID 934-809-4313 or in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.